Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're listening to BGN Radio. He's at the 20, the 10. He is in for the touchdown. Coast to coast, Josh Huff. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have uh, made our way on down to episode number 93, uh, and I can't think of a famous hockey player or uh, really uh, football. Anybody got 93? Any good 93 jerseys you can think of? Javon Curse. Uh, Javon Curse. How can I forget it? So uh, we are to the Javon Curse of uh, of episodes here, and uh, another great big show as we welcome in your newest Eagles cornerback uh walter thurman is going to join the program very very nice guy very open me and mike k uh sat down with him uh we also me uh mike k and i sat down with uh, kyle emmanuel uh defensive end slash uh, outside linebacker from north dakota state and the eagles actually just had him in for a private workout so we thought what a better time to drop that in there as well so they're uh they're coming up here shortly i want to thank everybody again for listening i am john barchard as usual we would like to welcome back to the program finally your editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. BLG, hard at work and has arthritis from uh, typing so many articles on the crazy offseason. How you doing, bud? Well, uh, I'm doing all right, but I have some news for you guys. This is actually going to be the last podcast I'm ever going to be on. What? 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 It's Breaking April news? Fool's, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, he got me. I, was, I totally, uh, I bought in completely. I was like, oh, we got some mad, uh, mad breaking news here. But well, welcome back to the program, Mr. PLG. And of course, uh, podcast superstar, your uh, superstar uh, producer at 97.5 The Fanatic, also part of the LibertyBroadcast.co crew with the Breakout Upside Potential Fantasy Baseball cast. Be sure to listen to that. But he's right here with us now, Mr. James Elzer. What's happening, pal? 
John, first of all, it's so exciting to hear Brandon's dulcet tones again. It's been it's been far too long, far too long, and uh, excited. I feel like I'm finally reaching my breakout upside potential. Yes. So yes. that's two. And and in the meantime, I just looked it up. John Randall, 93. Hey, so John Randall is another good 93. Another Absolutely. Good one there, so. uh, well, I mean, there's uh, still plenty to talk about uh, this offseason. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I know we're all probably sick of Marcus Mariota, and I don't think we'll bring him up. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say that, but he, he, he might see you just, there. You just did, John. At length, at length, I guess we won't be bringing him up. But uh, a lot of different takes, a lot of different takes on uh, the Miles Austin signing here, BLG. Um, what are your thoughts uh, uh, for uh, on this two point three? one million dollar one year deal yeah you bring up the money i think that's funny a lot of people were talking about uh you know different reporters were like well who is the eagles competition this late in free agency and i'm like well that's a good point if there's no other teams interested in him and then austin said he didn't visit anywhere else that doesn't necessarily mean other teams weren't interested if he didn't just you, know, you don't have to visit somewhere for a team to be interested but you know it is kind of there's like kind of a, a thing here i think a bigger theme i think people are kind of wondering uh, like is Chip overpaying these guys? But as for Austin, I mean, he made two million with Cleveland last year. He had a surprisingly decent season. I feel like for Cleveland, like if you look at the stats, they're not awesome, but they're like not like the worst ever. Like <laughs> they're better than Riley's were, which is not saying much. But uh, it's funny. I, I went on the Cleveland blog, you know, SB Nation blog is called Dogs by Nature. And I was shocked, like 92% of fans wanted to actually keep Miles Austin. I mean, wow. now Browns fans, you know, desperate for a wide receiver and everything. But still, I mean, that says something. I mean, this, this is a guy that they clearly didn't hate and take it for what it's worth. But, you know, it's, it's not a thrilling signing, but I just it's kind of whatever. It's kind of like a whatever signing. Yeah, they I mean, needed depth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I, my only issue is the timing of it, probably with a lot of people's. I mean, like that's a that's an easy post draft sign. I think if you're going to do it this early, why not why not kick the tires on Greg Jennings if you're going to, you know, if you're going to do that and you're going to go through an entire draft full of wide receivers, why not see what you land first, but you know, I I get it. I get the, the you know, I don't know if he's going to play special teams. He probably's not going to be. But if he's going to compete with Riley Cooper for a number 3 spot, I'm all for it. And then, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't really care, James. Do you have any takes on, on the Austin thing? No, I feel the same way. I don't get all the vitriol. It's like, I, I just don't get it. It seems like they went out and signed some terrible receiver for $10 million or something. It makes sense to me. It's it's such a meh signing. I don't, I don't see why people are bugging out about it. Austin has been good in the past. I mean, his biggest issue has really been injuries. You never know. I mean, Chip clearly seems to think that he can take guys who have had injury issues and and make them, maybe not make them better, but have a better chance of keeping them healthy. I think we can infer that from, from the way this offseason has played out. So, who knows? At least we've seen Miles Austin be good before. You know, it's not like they're signing someone who's never had a good season in the NFL. And for the money and the the, the commitment, it, it, I'm with you 100%. I don't get the vitriol at all. It's it's whatever. Who cares? It's it's a fine depth signing. And we don't even know the exact numbers yet. So and Oh, I, and real quick, the best part, the Cowboys are still paying him. So come on. <laughs> it's like a trolling the Cowboys thing at the same time. The Cowboys. Imagine if he catches a touchdown pass this year against them. Oh, it'd be great. I mean, I'm easily going to bring up they're, yeah, they're paying him 5.1 million this year yeah so, and they released him two years ago yeah it's, and even more so now that they had to uh, news came out today that they had to restructure you know tony romo's contract and all that stuff just to fit in 
uh, McLean and get him signed in. Plus, you know, the Greg Hardy signing, they got to find a way to fit that in there if he ends up playing a bunch of games and, and you know, the rookies that they're going to sign, which, uh, again, was also funny today that he how how badly he wanted to, you know, DeMarco Murray back and he would have taken a pay cut and all that other stuff and he, you know, is doing it after the fact. But whatever. Uh, yeah, back to the Austin thing. It's just... Um, I don't I don't get I think it's the overall off season and every kind of questionable thing that comes after that um, it, it causes causes all this stuff. I, I understand that people are scratching their heads still with the Sam Bradford thing. I still am really I don't I mean a, a second round pick to invest in, in, with with you know how injury prone he is and doing all that. So I'm more worried about that because that has like great value going into the next season giving up a second round pick um and if he doesn't have an extension and it is on a one-year deal that's an even bigger head scratcher but again you have to wait until the draft until you find out exactly what's all going on here and what they're putting together and people are starting to ramp up this you know are are the eagles better or worse right now well they don't have a starting safety unless you want to count earl wolf and good luck with that uh or jalen watkins whoever you want to put in there so I it, think it's far more likely Earl Wolf is not on the team than he is the starting yeah, safety. Exactly. So, um, you know, BLG, I'll come back to you. Is this um, is this kind of you get that sense? It's just that overall reaction of it's a shocking off season. Not too many people know what to make of it. It's a big change. Um, are you kind of making for better or for worse here things right now? Or are you still waiting till the draft and just to see how things settle down here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to see what the draft that happens there. I don't think uh, you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see some impact there, but you know, you look at how the rookies have played here the past two seasons. You don't see like a crazy amount of impact, but yeah, I mean, they'll be able to add some pieces there. Uh, (laughs) It's funny. I mean, you can look at this two ways. I feel like, you know, if you're an optimist or you're pessimistic, I I think, you know, if you're an optimist, you look at this, this off season and everything. And I think you're pretty excited about this season just because it's going to be different and it's going to be interesting. And you're, you're waiting to see that's where we are right now. It, it's, it's just all wait and see. Uh, and it's, it's really funny because it's so different from last year, last off season. They really didn't do a whole lot. They just, they re-signed a couple guys early in the off season. They brought in Malcolm Jenkins, a couple of special teams, guys, uh, Brian Brayman, Chris Maragos. And like all throughout training camp, like I would, I would talk to some of the writers, like ESP, and we'd be like, "All right, is this the day anything happens in training camp? Like, is there, like, is there any interesting story going to pop up?" And like, it wasn't. It was just like a quiet, boring training camp. It's, I mean, it's going to be so different this off season, for better or worse. I don't know, but it's going to be different, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. And I want James's take on this uh, as well. But uh, joining us right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline, someone that might let us in a little outside perspective as he is uh, the one of the newest members of the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're proud to have him uh, along with Mike K. right now. It is uh, Eagles cornerback Walter Thurman. Walter, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, good. Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, you signed with the Eagles pretty quickly here, and uh, you're re- uh, reuniting with Chip Kelly and Byron Maxwell, Chris Marigos. Was that kind of a no-brainer for you to come here? Did Seattle reach out to you, or was this kind of your plan from all along? Yeah, it was, a, it was just a great opportunity for me to be able to uh, – come on and be able to compete for um, the outside corner position. You know, that's what I really wanted to, to do coming out in the agency, you know, and um, and the Giants had one spot for like the nickel position, and just thought this was like the best fit uh, for me to be in um, because 
uh, Walter, um, you know, you signed pretty quickly. Were the Eagles interested in you last season before you signed with the Giants? Yeah, they uh, actually were. You know, they came um, in time, no one cared, I believe, and that kind of back it away, you know. Um, once that situation happened, but I think it was great for them to be able to come back and um, have interest in me again this crazy period and um, just glad to be able to move forward. You're coming into a situation where this Eagles team didn't re-sign its two starting cornerbacks from last season. Does that put any pressure on you? No, I don't think it puts any pressure on me, you know. Um, I like the addition to bring him back, so you know, I really like his, his game, and uh, he's a great talent in this league, and I'm really excited to see what he does this season. And he's excited to see what he does this whole season, you know, and tell you he's making some key moves, and he's brought us some, some key additions, and... Um, I think it's just going to be a great year, but I don't think there's any pressure. Uh, uh, I don't think there's any pressure put on the outside position to play corner. No, not at all. And you know, you're a pretty versatile cornerback as it is already. You can play inside, you can play outside, and you're aggressive uh, a tackler. Uh, for you, what's the best part of of your game? Uh, just being an ultimate competitor. You know, I mean, it's really neat that uh, playing this game, and I'm really big on technique and. Um, just really just trying to protect my craft and just go out there and just do whatever I can to help the team win. That's my, my main uh, my main concern. And you know, uh, once you once you taste that and hold that Lombardi Trophy, you just want more. So I'm just looking forward to this season and um, wanting to win a championship. You know, uh, you've had two pretty significant injuries in your career. One being a broken leg, and obviously the torn pectoral from this past season. How do you rebound from injuries like that? Is there some hesitation in your mind going back on the field? No, there's no hesitation. You know, I mean. Um, I think when you try to play football, you have to know the risks that are involved. And, um, you know, we're not playing, not playing basketball, volleyball out here. You know, it's a different game that you play. And uh, really just understand the sport. And, you know, and after, you know, just being able to have these different injuries, you know, just allows me to be a little pressure there and be a part to to come in and continue, continue to get better and um, go out there and compete. In our last offseason, you had signed with the Giants, as we said, and – you know, you made the declaration that you were the best slot corner in the league, and you know, and now your teammate, you know, Brandon Boykin, was kind of chirping you a little <laughs> bit on Twitter, and you fired back a, uh, a little bit as well. Have you guys talked at all yet? And is that a little awkward that you're both teammates now? Um, we actually haven't talked yet. It's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, there's no, there's no bad, no bad blood of mine. You know, I mean, it's just a situation. Um, Going past, going back from that season, and um, and not just getting you know there's various reasons why saying that comment, you know. But you know, I'm looking forward to meeting them, see what type of dude he is, you know. And uh, we like teammates, and, you know. We just have to keep pushing each other, and and um, the team goals are bigger than ourselves at the end of the day, you know. And I know we're going to be competing for the outside cornerback position and playing time, you know. And just looking forward to, to going against them and competing for everything. You know, you probably heard this last year, but a lot of people have this assumption that you know. You guys both, you and Byron Maxwell coming from from Seattle, you're probably not going to play as well without all the playmakers that you had in Seattle. How do you respond to something like that? You know, I mean, you know, Seattle, you know, had great uh, great players at the position, you know, the you know, scheme was uh, very simplistic as far as the defense is concerned. But, you know, at the end of the day, it um, doesn't take away from our ability um, as, as playmakers and as quarterbacks, you know, playing with that with such a a great defense, you know, but I think we're going to have a great year, you know. Uh, me and Maxwell, you know, very five off each one another, and we're going to keep you while we do play, and um, 
I think this is just our time to be able to step out uh, of the shadows and, you know, to create our own names and as far as uh, me and the league. You know, and obviously it's we're still have plenty of time before the draft here, and there's still things that need to be settled out. But when you look at this Eagles team here, what you know, what do you see? You know, I mean, they were one of the top in uh, rush defense last year, um, as well as the number one special teams unit. And I think you know, defense wins championships. I really believe that, just coming from situation in Seattle, and obviously Coach Kelly has a, a great and tremendous offense. And I like the addition of bringing Sam Bradford in and. Um, having him and Mark compete, you know, for the starting quarterback job. And so Mark is, or, or Sam has been able to be in a similar type of offense back in college, and that's when the best when he's most thrived. And I forgot him as the number one overall pick into the league. I think it's going to be a great year for him as well. You know, I think uh, just being able to leave out the, uh, the defense and bring another safety, um, I think it's, it's the potential for us is, is very great this year, and it's going to be very competitive. and. Um, He's had two 10, uh, 10, 10 six seasons, you know, and um, it's looking forward to make that deep push into the playoffs and ultimately get to the Super Bowl. And the last thing I want to ask you just before we get out of here is, you know, I came across, and I didn't even notice this until today, and I can't believe I haven't seen it yet, but you made like a self-documentary uh, of basically the lead-up to Super Bowl forty-eight, like the before, the after, all that stuff. You seem to be a really open guy, um, and obviously my favorite part was you ripping Media Day and calling it a bunch of bullshit and all this other stuff. So <laughs> can, can we expect uh, that kind of openness uh, while you're here in Philadelphia? You're going to make some more self-made uh, movies and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I have a, uh, a passion for film as well, and I've been able to dive in that avenue uh, because of the various injuries that I've had and just be able to understand that, you know, Football isn't forever, and just getting myself ready for my my second career outside of football. You know, and um, being fortunate to come across some great people, and being able to um, be an executive producer on uh, four film projects, um, working on a TV show as well, and working on another another project. So I mean, I'm very fortunate. So there will be more uh, more videos coming out soon. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but it's uh, great things for I guess the things for the injuries to be able to. Ahead, as far as you know, life after football, and you know, looking forward to uh, to being a Philly. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, we look forward to also uh, you know the the football part of it, but uh, definitely uh, very entertaining off the field as well. Walter Thurman, your newest uh, Eagles cornerback. Thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, right here on BGN Radio. Uh, thank you, Adam. Great stuff. <laughs> I had to ask him the Boykin question. I had to. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, we want to talk about that, too. But, James, I, want, I also want to go back. Before we uh, talk to uh, Mr. Thurman, uh, we were just asking, you know, for better or for worse, do you have that kind of, you know, feeling one way or the other based on this offseason, or are you still kind of in wait-and-see mode here? I'm having a little trouble focusing. I'm still reeling from Brandon's April Fool's joke and the thought of losing him on the podcast. Um, no, I, I, I'm I'm kind of where Brandon is. I I think there are so many new pieces here that it's kind of hard to judge whether the team's going to be better or not. You know, heading into the season, uh, I, I'm I I really don't know what to say here. I, I think that I think that if nothing else, Chip is modeling the team in the image that he wants it and. You know, if we're going to buy into Chip, if we're going to give Chip a chance to build what he wants, we kind of have to just hop on board and, and hope he's right. And and here's my thing with all this. I think for sure I can say these two things right now, that, yes, we don't know Bradford's health. We have no idea how that's going to hold up. 
And uh, the obvious line that everybody's been saying is, you know, make it through training camp, make it through preseason. If he does, that's a better situation than Nick Foles. So I would rather have that and Mark. How dare you? I know. Well, I did. It's, it's, <laughs> as, as we haven't made it blatantly obvious since like week two of uh, of the past year, but that's an, that is an upgrade. I think collectively, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles is a better backfield than just having LaShawn McCoy back there, and that's not a shot at him. I love LaShawn McCoy, but there is there is really nothing back there that that could solidify a one-two punch like that. I think there is merit to that one-cut type of type of runner, um, and I th- thought the same way when Darren Sproles took over for Deshaun Jackson as a punt returner. It was straight ahead. You just hit the lane, and you go, and guess what? They had uh, a lot better special teams this year because of it. So I-, I do think those two things alone are upgrades. I think Jeremy Macklin leaving absolutely crushed some souls in that building and it crushed mine for sure that's a huge problem the only benefit to that is you're going into a draft that have i mean i want to make out with so many wide receivers in this class it's not even funny like everybody i thought, I thought you already had john I, I, no? I, basically, I, <laughs> I stalk them i send them fan mail i you know i'm licking order restraining order i'm licking my computer screen i'm on draft breakdown you know, for, there's about 15 guys here that I think could fit that mold again. Um, and, I, and I guess the, the, this is the other thing, too, BLG. There is, uh, there, I think there are still more people down on Josh Huff than are, are positive, and I know we can probably all agree on that, but do you have any higher expectations? Can he be? Can he be a number two this year? Is that too much of an expectation uh, uh, right now? I, I don't think so. And here's the thing. You know, I'm not... a, a Big, you know, college football guy. Obviously, I'm not the, the draft expert here at all. But man, was I high on Josh Huff when they drafted him? Like, I, I was like, I was like, man, this is a this is a really good pick for them because you know that's a guy who I would watch. I wouldn't even be watching him. I'd just be watching an Oregon game to watch Marcus Mariota or just something, and he would just pop up like every time. He was so active. He was such an active player. You know, I, I think he's really more of a potential playmaker than people think. Last year, he compared his game to Deshaun. And I think like some people were kind of like, "What? You know, that's that's crazy." And maybe it is, you know, because obviously, very different accomplishments at this point in their respective careers. But you know, I, I think he has the potential to be good. And you know, I, I'm a big Huff guy. But getting back to like where the Eagles are going, and just just because I haven't been on the show for so long, yeah, absolutely. I just I just want to rant. Um, when the 2013 or 2014 season ended, I wrote an article. About that's titled how the Eagles can get back on track in 2015. I'm looking at it right now. And like my biggest conclusion was like that the run game needs to be better. Like, I feel like that was such an, an like underrated struggle last year. Uh, like LaShawn McCoy wasn't that great last year. Like no. that sounds crazy to say he finished what? Like third in rushing, but like he was what? 4.1 yards per carry. That's like 24th in the NFL. And he didn't uh, look the same, too. No. Yeah, exactly. And we no, knew that, that from day one, week one, we saw it. Yes. He, it was just not the same. And I'm not trying to bash Shady. My point isn't that. But the run game just needed to be better. That was my main takeaway. And you look at how much success the Eagles had in 2013, and it all started with the run. LaShawn McCoy was leading the NFL in rushing yards, but not only was he, you know, it was a volume, he was doing it efficiently, and that opened up everything. 
there was a, a stretch of games there where the Eagles only allowed what it was like 21 or 24 points or less, like nine games in a row or something. Uh, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, he went 27 and two. Like that wasn't just because like Nick Foles, like that was because the run game was so good that it was opening up things for him. And you saw this with the Dallas Cowboys last year. Everyone thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to be potentially the worst team in the NFL last year. Why weren't they the worst team in the NFL? Because they had DeMarco Murray and they hid their defense behind that run game. And Tony Romo, who is like a broken back, who who shouldn't even be on the field. He can't even bend down and touch his toes. He's having like an MVP caliber season because the run game opens everything up. So I, I really think that's where the Eagles are going right now. And I think, you know, getting Murray and getting Matthews and having Sproles still, and I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a running back still pretty high. Uh, I think... That's the key to success here. I think that's how you're going to be a successful team. You get this run game back on track, it's going to open up everything else. And James, like, is there anything that is completely concerning? To like, I guess here's the thing in my mind, and I know this is this is just me being honest with everybody. I think there are times where I get in my own head about there because there are some that call Bleeding Green Nation a pro bono PR, you know, Eagles Network, and I think that gets into my head sometimes. So. Uh, it, it, uh do, you know, are we being too positive on, on, on this stuff? Is there some major concerns that we're kind of poo-pooing here in your mind? No, I mean, there are clearly major concerns, but look, Chip Kelly was a, a risque pick to bring in and be a coach. He was a, a different kind of guy, someone who was going to, and clearly did flip the league on its head and, and not do things the same way as other people. And you know what? Either you buy into that or you don't. And I think a lot of us at Bleeding Green buy into it or at least buy into the belief that that you have to take risks to go, you know, to quote Jeffrey Lurie, whether you believe anything he said or not. It is true that you need to take risks to go from good to great. And Chip Kelly is willing to take risks. And, you know, we need to give the guy a chance. I mean, I think that more than anything, I don't think we've been rah-rahing anything. I think we've just been saying, hey, let's preach some patience here. Let's give this guy a chance who is clearly a smart dude, who clearly knows football, who clearly puts his entire life and being and everything he has into football. Let's give the guy a chance. Let's see what he can do. I mean, what else have we gotten in the last, you know, 50 years? We've gotten nothing. We've won nothing. I think that we are willing as a fan base and as people who follow this team to be willing to to go for something radical, to, to take a radical approach. And and I, I don't pretend to know more about football than Chip Kelly does. So I'm willing to give the guy a chance. Do I have questions? Absolutely. Am I like you with the Bradford trade where I'm like, really? You're going <laughs> to give up a second rounder to go out and get a guy who had two torn ACLs in back-to-back years? It's insane. It, it's a crazy, crazy thought. But at the same time, I'm not willing to say that he's wrong. I'm willing to give him a chance to see what he can do. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Uh, speaking of uh, giving a chance, uh, our next guest who is joining us on the Duncan Philly hotline um, has uh, just recently actually worked out with the Eagles. He is uh, off uh, outside linebacker or uh, a DN. He'd probably uh, make more sense as an outside linebacker here. We interviewed his teammate, uh, running back John Crockett. Uh, they won a couple of championships together, and we're glad to have him on the program right now as we welcome back in Mike Kay as well uh, as uh, Kyle Emanuel from uh, North Dakota State joins us right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline. Kyle, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, fantastic. And just like I said, you know, we uh, recently just spoke to your uh, teammate, John Crockett. We uh, discussed uh, the four straight uh, championships that you guys won. 
And uh, do you think you have that level of pressure defending a title uh, that, you know, is similar to what you're going through now? Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's obviously a different kind of pressure. You know, now it's uh, it's kind of focused on myself, you know, uh, training personally as, as opposed to being on a team. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the crazy thing was that in the issue, we didn't, we didn't necessarily always feel that pressure uh, to win. We just kind of took it one game at a time. You uh, you had a solid showing at the combine. What, how was that atmosphere? What was that like to be around coaches that you know you you grew up watching on TV? Yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy experience. You know, um, like you mentioned, I've been watching that for a while, and um, just to finally be there was you know an amazing opportunity. Uh, kind of different, you know, when you get there, you do all these physicals, you're getting checked out by every team doctor, you have all these different tests, and you know, at the same time, you have to get your body ready to uh, hopefully run as fast as you ever have. Um, so, you know, it was it was a great opportunity for me, and I, I was uh, happy I was able to go. There, uh, You know, it seems to be just a, some people have you, you know, pegged on the defensive line. Other people have you pegged uh, other spots. Where do you feel uh, most comfortable? Do you have a preference of what you're going to do in the NFL? Well, I don't really have a preference, you know. to be I'd be more comfortable, obviously, being a DN just because that's what I've been doing for five years. But at the same time, I don't really have a preference. I'm going to go wherever. You know, if someone wants me to go, I've switched positions before. You know, I'm from a small town. I played just about every position you can think of um, at one point or another in my life. So uh, I just want to make a team, you know, be on a team and whatever they want me to play, I'll do it. You know, you basically essentially just talked about your versatility, but what's your biggest strength as a player? Um, uh, I think I always like to say my motor and just and how, how hard I play. Um, and that and that's all a testament to um, you know, my days at NDSU from day one, uh, if you didn't run to the ball, you know, you were in trouble and it's just kind of ingrained in my mind. Um, I think you can, you know, there's a lot of talented players, but you have to be able to separate yourself some way and, uh, getting around the ball every single play is something I try and pride myself on. You know, we've talked to guys from, you know, everywhere that the big programs, small programs, and obviously I guess, you know, North Dakota state would be considered a small school. Do you think that's that makes it a difference at all going through this process, and you know, yeah, does it tell you anything about you or or certain players that are going from a small school to the NFL program? Yeah, I think it makes a little bit of a difference, um, just because uh, I think a lot of times scouts want to see, you know, uh, if you can measure up or whatever you want to call it to the FBS players. Um, and I think a lot of scouts watch our Iowa State game just because it was a. FBS game, but I mean, at the same time, you look, we had, I think, close to 30 FCS players invited to the combine. There's talent all over the place. There's FBS transfers that play in, you know, FCS all the time. I know our uh, national title game against Illinois State, they were just full of FBS guys. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of talent in FCS. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really respect how much talent there is. So, um, you know, I have I have no doubt that uh, I'll be able to, you know, hold my own with the, with the FBS guys. You brought up the talent in the FCS. You know, last year you had Billy Turner go pro and Marcus Williams, who was one of my favorite players in the draft last year. Um, mm-hmm. Have you been able to lean on them during this draft process? And what are you doing to, uh, you know, prepare yourself for your pro day? Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to Billy a little bit. He was actually down here in Phoenix where I'm at because uh, he trained here last year. So i um, talked to him a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of trying to go through this process myself and kind of learn as I go. Um, I know I have resources if I need help, um, but, you know, just kind of trying to go through and uh, do it myself. You know, as far as pro day, um, I don't think I'm really going to redo much as far as uh, timing things. Um, I'm just going to try and get ready for, you know, for position work. I know there'll probably be a number of teams there that want to see me do linebacker drills. So 
uh, when I get back to Fargo, that's going to be a main point of emphasis for me. You know, you uh, you grew up in Nebraska, so I mean, is there is there any team or is there any player, anything that you really like out of out of the NFL game that you kind of modeled your game after in high school and in college? Not particularly when I was younger. You know, I was a fan of the game, obviously. So there's a number of guys I watched. Um, but you know, as I've kind of started this process, someone that you know was mentioned to me, and I think. Uh, kind of resembles my play a little bit is Rob Ninkovich of the uh, New England Patriots, a guy who's, I think, versatile in what he does. You know, he, he can stand up, put his hand down in the dirt, you know, dropping the coverage, and guy who plays hard. So that's kind of someone that I, I think my game can maybe resemble. Can you grow a beard like him, though? That's, I mean, that's... It's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish, but no, I can't. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm jealous of that thing. That's all right. You got the aerodynamic thing happening anyway. I like right. your style. I like what's going on. Right. So, uh, well, I tell you what, Kyle, I appreciate your time. And uh, seriously, best of luck through you uh, the rest of the process and pro day. And, hey, if you end up on the Eagles, you, you got a, a nice warm seat to come back and join us right here on BGN Radio. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Such a great guy to root for. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, and I, I just had trouble listening the whole time because of how great that segue leading in was, John. <laughs> Speaking of giving a guy a chance, wow, that was just brilliantly done, my friend. Uh, that's what we call uh, semi-pro podcasting. I don't know what I'm saying here, but uh, yeah, I, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I just feel, getting back to just the overall think of this i just have a problem and it's mostly i hate to say this but it's mostly wip guys <laughs> uh that i just i'm okay with you saying that okay yeah, of course of course you are but i mean that's the, the constant like i don't know if if you're positive about this thing are you automatically a chip robot like i i, I just there's uh, it, yeah it, i think people <laughs> i think people accuse people of that yeah it happens more often than not and look i'm i'm not I don't know if I'm to the point where I'm going out and bashing guys that are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just the, the some of the some of the logical stuff. Uh, it, well, I take that back. None of it's none of what those guys are saying are are logical to me. So it, you know, Chip Kelly obviously knows that they're injured. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think he's trying to play God. I just think he's he knows he trusts the the sports science thing and and all that stuff, the soft tissue injuries and. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, and, and also the the nutrition, and the, the, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, even look, Andrew Friedman, to, to, to translate it to another sport, the, the guy who ran the Rays for the last, whatever, seven, eight years and, and just moved to the Dodgers, has brought to the Dodgers a, a, a nutrition program, and he's monitoring these guys' health and what they eat and all this stuff. This is the next wave. We've seen it. This is something that teams are starting to do en masse. The Mavs do it. We talked about Mark Cuban. This is where it's headed, man, and and I think that, look, who knows if you can, I mean, Chip has said he doesn't think he can keep someone from breaking their leg or something. That's just going to happen, but he might be able to help with the soft tissue stuff. He might be able to help keep guys a little bit healthier and, and maybe gain some sort of an advantage over people not doing this type of stuff. Yeah, and BLG, this is kind of the other thing, too. Do you feel like this year is almost like year one again for Chip Kelly? Like, he's got to go through all this other... I can't remember the clip. I think it was from... Um, I think it was an ESPN clip where it showed some of his old New Hampshire players. And some, yeah, it was ESPN. It was on SportsCenter. Yeah, and some of the same old quotes from even then... Even like you know the the head coach of New Hampshire is like oh you're gonna tire out the defense and you got to run more you got to slow it down like those were all there again so I, I just what is it really just the hang up with 
not beating playoff teams and not, you know, winning, being able to, you know, be, beat people with uh, winning records and all that other stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean... Because, well, here's here's why I say that. Because Andy Reid couldn't do the same fucking thing. And that's why, that's why I don't understand. I don't... I understand being skeptical about every one of this. And you should be. You absolutely should be. But I, I don't see where he's any different or doing anything different than any other, you know, good NFL head coach wouldn't do. So... Uh, I don't think it's that radical. It's not that radical. It's just changing. He's ahead of the curve with some of these things. You have to respect the offense. You have to respect that he can do all this. Is he a good GM? Fuck if I know. But, you know, this team, this Eagles team was not going any further than it already was. And I, I don't think people understand it. They hit the ceiling. It, there, there was no room to grow here, and people might blame, you know, whatever, Genesis, Deshaun Jackson, and all that other stuff. But going back to what Brandon said, this run game controls everything. This offense controls what the def- both defenses do. You have to have that shored up, and I want the guy to have what he wants. If he, if he's gonna shoot himself in the foot, great, but let him do it the way he wants to do it. Uh, and I, that's probably pretty much my final thought here, BLG. You take us out. Yeah, um, man, that's that's a tough act to follow. But yeah, <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry, I just I, no, I, I agree with so you because you agree with, with me. all this crap. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, I think uh, it's it's tough because I think I just because there there is that kind of I, there's this notion where like. Like if you're not, I feel like it's like if you're not skeptical of Chip, well, you must be like, you know, like, like, uh, like a you know a puppet, like brainwashed, <laughs> like everything is happy and yeah. fine. And but I mean, like, the guys won twenty games in two years, which is not like that's not easy. Like coaches just don't come into the NFL, especially out of college with no NFL experience, and do that. I mean, like that's that's a significant. And taking topic. over a four win team as well. And taking yeah. over a four win team, and and most importantly, which this all boils down to, which is why we've been talking about Marcus Mariota the whole offseason, <laughs> the quarterback. He hasn't had a quarterback. He's had Nick Foles. He's had Michael Vick. He's had Mark Sanchez, and those are guys he kind of picked. I mean. He, he he chose to stay with Nick Foles. He he brought he kept brought Mike Vick back, but like he hasn't necessarily had a better chance to upgrade. And now he kind of this is his biggest chance with Bradford that he has taken to upgrade. And we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean it, it all comes back to the quarterback. I mean, if if Bradford's great, great. I mean, like it's, it comes down to quarterback play. And I think I brought up running the ball earlier. And I think that's going to help him, Bradford. Meaning, I think the, uh, getting the run game on back on track could really help him get better. But you know, I think there's a lot of uh, worry, and I think that's fair because I think, like you said, we're in wait and see mode right now. We kind of don't know. Like you, you don't know. Like you, you go into these NFL seasons, and like I said earlier in the show, everyone thought the Cowboys were, including us, including people oh, on this yeah. podcast. Like thought the Cowboys were going to be awful, and they were a twelve-win team. I mean, like you just don't know. Like I think a lot of people are down on this team, and maybe they're going to be worse. I don't know, but let you know. Wait and see. Uh, let's see how everyone does in training camp. Last year, you know, there weren't there was no significant one major injury in training camp. I mean, maybe that changed this year, but I'm just you know you just don't know. Like it's 
just have fun. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my other message. Like just like don't be so like like uh just have like don't be so miserable. Just I know that's hard to say in the city, but like just <laughs> just like have fun, be like have an open mind. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything, but it's kind of be like Maybe this, you know, maybe this can work out. Let's see. Let's see. And if it doesn't, then you have every right to criticize them. And we'll be here on BGN Radio. We'll be the first ones to be yelling and screaming. So, And James had said it earlier. If, you know, this was a four-win team, and I think if you were to take away the 20 wins and just cut, cut them in half or, you know, whatever, take six of them away, I don't think we'd be as jonesing for, you know, whatever the next step. Like, oh, why didn't they win a playoff game last season? Well, I mean, like, you saw what he could do with Howie and Andy's guys, and now he wants to do it with his. So, I mean, that's basically just a shorter version of the longer run I've said. But, uh, James, final thoughts here. Yeah, I I mean, I think you covered it, really. You know, I guess just to relate to the point you just made and that Brandon just made, I would just say, hey, you know, we had a lot. I think the reason that we are so... Super Bowl or bust here is because we did have so much success with Andy and we did come so close to the promised land, as it were, without that title. But at the same time, we we still don't have it. So you know what? Like, I'm willing to take a step back if it means that we have a chance to get to that Super Bowl. I'm willing to take risks. I'm willing to believe in a guy who is a football savant. And whether he knows how to build our team or not, we're going to find out. But I'm willing to give him the chance to bring in his own guys, to bring in guys who he thinks are going to fit what he's trying to do. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least we're taking a shot, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of just, you know, playoffs or this or that. I don't care about that anymore. I want to win a fucking Super Bowl. And that's it. That's all I care about. And you know what? I'm willing to to let the guy take some risks. And if it blows up in our faces, it blows up in our faces. We're no worse off than we were before. Amen, sir. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap up episode number 93 right here on BGN Radio. Big thanks again to uh, Mr. Walter Thurman for joining us. And of course, Kyle Emanuel, best of luck to him through the rest of this draft process. Uh, So for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. James Elter, and the return of BLG. We all thank you very much for listening to this episode of BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. I'm back. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.